can he be successful enough to kind of rip that job from uh, from Latroy Hawkins' cold, dead hands? I really liked that acquisition. I think that he's going to shock some folks. Very interested in Shane Green. There must be like somebody's boss that watches these games through Twitter because damn it, these tweets are out of control this spring. Given the that Tim Federovich or whatever is his backup. By the way, I got to give you credit on Federovich. I know you. I've heard you talk. I do listen to the <laughs> podcast. I've heard you talk about having player pronunciation issues. Welcome to episode two thirteen, the Sunday. Opening night edition of the Sleeper in the Bus podcast. I am Paul Spore, joined, as always, on Sundays by Jason Collette. Jason, we're seconds away from the first pitch of the 2015 season. I hesitate to say opening day because I don't really consider it that, but I don't care. That's just quibbling. I love it. We're going to have real baseball that counts while we're doing this podcast. Yeah, a couple of things. One, I'm glad you were able to get back from the Corey Kluber contract extension press conference to do this. I was a little worried that we weren't going to be able to do this. I kept looking for you on on the news feed. I didn't. See, maybe you were in the off camera shoot, but I, I, you deserved to be there. You and Doug. I said it on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, no, we were, we were chilling. Uh, second, they didn't really want us front and center. We 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 understood that, but we were heavy in the negotiations there to get him a couple extra mils. So, uh, you know, it's just a, it's a process and, and we, we went through it and, and we're very happy. It was, a, it was an amicable process. And now we get, to, we, we get back to playing ball. Yes. Yeah, secondly, I have the Cubs and Cardinals on my iPad. I'm watching it. I, I said it on Twitter. I, I'm very happy to be stuck in the middle with Dan Schulman because he's got a clown to the left of him and John Crook and a joker <laughs> to the right and, and Kurt Schilling. Uh, but I, I'm happy to see it. And thirdly, uh, I'm not sorry to all the listeners that got burned by us on April 1st. Oh, no. That was no. awesome. I did enjoy all those I'm tweets. I'm so glad. Uh, you know, cursing us. That was great. Because I don't, I mean, like, like we said, it was really tough to get through that without busting character. Exactly. And, and all of that was ad lib. We just had to, we had the injuries because Paul and I, you know, we were, we were trading text uh, about, what, 12 hours before say, hey, let's make a crack on this. Let's make a crack on that. But everything you heard about the was- story, Completely off the yeah. cuff. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I don't like April Fools things that are that are that are like nasty and like really trying to hurt people. The worst case here is you ran out and cut someone before listening to us finish, and that's your own fault. I mean, come on. You, you, you can wait more than 11 seconds to do it. So I don't think this was a malicious prank. I thought it was freaking hilarious. And some of the lines that you had in there, like you said, completely unscripted, had me dying. So uh, I love those tweets. I hope more people who like maybe go back and listen because they didn't get to listen on time get fooled by, by it and be like, I never remembered a Billy Butler injury. What? Oh, dang it. And then we got him. So we'll, we'll get some people <laughs> late too, I bet. I, I, I will love that. But we got news to talk about. And it's and it's crazy huge news. First off, for, for once, it's not injury news. There's a lot of guys being officially put on the DL, but none that we didn't expect. Smiley, Cobb, Sale, uh, Jansen, uh, Uihara, you know, all the ones that we expected. So nothing major there. The big news that popped right before first pitch, uh, A.J. Preller, who the freak else, pulls a massive mega deal with the Atlanta Braves that involves Craig Kimbrell insanity this happens while you're taking a nap you wake up to this firestorm here it's craig kimbrell melvin upton headed out to, uh, west to the padres cameron maven carlos quinton who's already been designated for assignment top prospect matt whistler jordan powerback uh i i think i'm mispronouncing that and i apologize but that's a prospect outfielder from the braves and the 41st pick which is one of those competitive lottery sandwich picks um all heads to the braves as far as I'm concerned, this is about as win-win as a deal can get with all the pieces working, all the machinations uh, of these six players um, and, and the pick. I, I, I don't know that it could have been better for, for the two teams to match up for this kind of deal. So a couple of angles on this, uh, you know, from the fantasy perspective, you know, I, I this was this was the second paragraph in my Rotowire piece that ran yet that ran Saturday morning about NL predictions. It says Jason Grilly will lead the Braves oh. in saves. And I said this because you know, last year, you'll recall, Joe Sheehan was way out in front saying, look, Atlanta, you need to trade Craig Kimbrell. And he took a lot of flack for it. 
a lot of they're like, what do you do? You know why? But it made so much sense because we saw Atlanta going down this track. You, you said, you know, you signed into this big deal. Fine, trade him. Exactly. You know, this is peak value. You, you know, it, you don't want his arm to fall off. And I, and I said, you know, nothing's changed from this point this year to that point last year. The, the Braves have only gotten worse, so the arguments even was even uh, yeah, better to absolutely. make. Yeah, it's a, it's a stronger case for it. So I just said, look, do it. Uh, you know, thankfully, if you're in one of these tough luck NL leagues, you have to be thrilled that Kimbrel didn't go to the American Ooh, League yeah. in this. And, and now, and now you have to worry about it anymore. Now he's stable because the Padres aren't going to deal him. I mean, this this team's on fire right now, so they're not going to trade him. So from that perspective, fantasy wise, you know, Jason Grilly. Instant, I would think he has instant value. He's the guy in that bullpen uh, that that should probably get first crack and at you, it. And so, no, no, go ahead. Say, and you know what? We couldn't have seen this coming this soon. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and suggest that, but this is why the adage of buy skills, not roles, is so important. Because Kimbrel was going at a relative discount, uh, mostly compared to a role this Chapman, because people were afraid of the Braves. And and I, I, to a degree, I get that. But at the same time, you just go out and buy the elite skills. And even though uh, I, I'll say out front that I'm not a huge Kimbrel guy. I still think that he could pop uh, in, in the wrong way, and and so that's why I wasn't necessarily on him. But if you were downgrading him because of the the team context, that that's kind of on you. You should have just valued the skills for what they're worth, um, and 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 not given away such a discount in some of your drafts. I saw him go eight dollars cheaper than Chapman in a league, and I was the one who had Chapman, so I I, I didn't take advantage of it because even at that point I would have taken advantage, even though I don't love Kimbrel. So you buy st- st- uh, skills not roles exactly and a couple you know from just from the baseball perspective because i know people that listen to this podcast aren't all about the uh you know just the fantasy there's the the real baseball aspect to it let's be real this is a trade that atlanta absolutely had to make absolutely Absolutely. when you look at the reset but you look at the reset button here i mean melvin upton was due 46 and a half million dollars over the next three years Nothing, nothing that we saw from Melvin last year said it's going to get Freaking better. Hell. I mean, you can't even you can't even make a PSA commercial about this dude's career. It's not going to get better, and he's coming off the foot issue, forty six million. He'd have to do. I mean, there were years in his in his good years with Atlanta where he, he didn't even earn that on paper, and now you're looking at say, hey, let's do that. So you get rid of that albatross of a contract, the Craig Kimbrell deal. That's you know, $33, million off the books. And all you got to do, you, you, now you owe Quentin 11, even though you DFA'd sure. him, he's still an $8 million plus the $3 million buyout. But worth, I mean, he's going to get picked up. Maybe finally he becomes a DH that we've all wanted him to become. Uh, yeah, or, or, I don't expect it to be a free agent. He'll get back to the DH because that's, of course, where he, uh, where he first kind of that's broke he out. With he needs the to White go back Sox. there. And, you know, they picked up some money back. You know, they couldn't give every bit of cash to, to the Padres. They get 23, they're on the hook for 23, 24 mil, I think, um, for, with Cameron Mabin. But that could actually pan out because he's three this year. Six, 16, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I was counting. Seven, eight, yep. and a $1 million buyout. I was buyout. the back years. You're exactly right. So just um, let's talk about the the secondary moves here. Maven's one of them. He's now going to become uh, the star of that outfield, which speaks less to uh, about him and more about the outfield and the, the utter lack of quality in the Atlanta outfield. But, hey, playing time's playing time, and if he can stay healthy, I still think there's some power speed to be untapped here. Not anything great, but if you're in an NL only – you know, once you get in an only league, playing time is currency. Go out and get him. I'm still only watch listing him, even in deep mixed leagues right now, because I just haven't seen this guy stay healthy and really put it together. So, but Maven definitely sees his stock rise. And then, of course, Jason Grilly is the big winner here because he's the obvious choice to jump up and be in that closer's role. He's just a year removed from an amazing season with Pittsburgh when he was an All Star, 270 ERA, uh, massive strikeout rate. I think 37, 38, 5.7 strikeout to walk ratio. Everything was clicking. It fell back last year for sure, but he kind of rebounded a bit with Los Angeles after he was traded from Pittsburgh in that challenge trade of, of sucky mm-hmm. guys, Frieri for Grilly because they were both struggling. So I, I think Grilly is somebody who probably isn't going to get all the way back to 2013, but I think he is going to be serviceable. The big bummer here is I really thought uh, Joaquin Benoit was going to have a really sick year. I thought his yes. price was great. You know, it wasn't too high. It was actually uh, cheap 
by again by comparison when we're talking relative um, and the skills are there the only thing I worried about with him was health and that's kind of what I was tabbing Brandon Maurer as somebody to get because I really thought Benoit might might not hold up but when he pitches I still thought he's gonna be great now from a team standpoint for the Padres their 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 uh, bullpen is now devastating so you might even be able to tack I don't know if Kimbrel alone is enough to do this, but you could probably tack a, a, a win to, to all five of the starters. I just, I, if they get leads, they're not going any. The leads are not going to go anywhere uh, in San Diego anymore. Right. Yeah, I, I completely agree with all the points. Are you concerned at all about Jim Johnson entering the safe pitcher? Or do yes. you think? For me, I don't know. Okay. Well, here's where I differ. For me, I don't think Jim Johnson's an issue right now. Until Jay, until the Braves trade Jason Grilly, because their primary job right now should be to build value. up Jason yes. Grilly's value to trade him. In and July. you know what? I, I, yeah, I, I'll actually, you, you sold me. I, I will retract that because I, I just, uh, right when you said that, it blinked into my head, the, the guy in charge, the, the genius in charge, John Hart. He's smart enough to know that who who's his best chance of actually extracting some value right now? Grilly or Johnson? 100% Grilly because it's a shorter path. Because again, he wasn't even that bad last year. When you really look at the at the skills, uh, the ERA was high because he got really roughed up with Pittsburgh. But like I said, kind of got it back with LA. It's a quick fix probably to get him some value and then ship him out. Even if you only get some C-plus prospect for double A, that's fine. You're going to get something out of a 38-year-old, and then you can work on Jim Johnson. So you're right. Uh, Grilly's the guy to go get. I, I, what, what are you spending out of a $100 budget? Let's say let's say um, we'll start with a 12-team mixed, $100 budget. Well. I want to. I want to go okay. back to the point where you said that John Hart was a genius. It's because he went to UCF and graduated in '73. But if I if I if I push if I push forward, if I were to if I had a fab a budget for tonight, let's you know you, you guys may get this Sunday night. So let's say there's a fab wait, budget wait, wait, tonight. Wait, 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 let's wait. be more. Re- All right. Well, let's be more realistic. Say it's Friday. Uh, but if I'm gonna do, and I'm I'm a big proponent of being aggressive with fab early. I'm I'm willing to drop because this is one of the closes that's gonna come. I'll drop thirty okay. on him. Out of the gate. I was going to say max 25, so it's really close there when we're talking $5, particularly about being aggressive. Because like you said, this is a chance to get a several-month closer. Because even if they do flip them, it probably won't be until July. So go out and get you know get your four months there. Um, and, and again, he can be solid. He's going to get you some saves. He's better than some of the low-end guys that were getting drafted as, as it was. So uh, Grilly, be, be aggressive there. How about NL only, where, where you know – Things are be a bit more rare there, and same sort of scenario. Hundred buck budget. You gonna move up or just stay at thirty? Okay, stay. so just thirty across. You're willing to spend that though, because hey, you, people get so freaked out about saving it, saving their waiver position. It's I'm sure we'll get mm-hmm. tweets. I got number one waiver. Should I use it on him or not? Well, do you need saves? Because if you do, yes, just do it. Uh, because th- first of all, get out of waiver leagues. Oh my God! Waiver waiver leagues to me is, is like the head to head. I I hate, despise them both. At least they're not fast. I don't like finger, the though because that's yeah the fastest finger is the worst worst of all uh, the worst of all worst. I I prefer the, the the weekly fab give everybody a fair shot at it just because your team sucks doesn't mean you should get first dibs exactly. at a dude. Uh, I think it should be some skill and some skill is not when to use my waiver claim. It's it's how much money to how spend. How much money to spend and uh, when it, et cetera et cetera. Yeah. Oh, my boy Matt Adams is up here. Here, hopefully, you can follow him with some more RBI chances. Although there's only a guy at first because Jorge Soler already sucks in the outfield. But he, he works a little uh, interesting out there. But he's such a beast. I, I absolutely love him. Um, oh, he's so yeah, be this awesome. trade was amazing. I, I think, like I said, win-win deal. I don't think Atlanta will be done. They're going to really tear it down and kind of sell off any parts that they can. Not Freddie Freeman. I think you can calm down on anything like that. Freddie Freeman, Angleton Simmons, the pieces that 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 can be a part of their next title you know Terron Wood the recently acquired Shelby Miller but you know if Chris Johnson finds that line drive rate again he gone immediately um you're probably gonna have to hang on to that Nick Marcakis deal though folks sorry about that uh yeah, they can't reset that one but uh we listen, before we move we should probably look at the Atlanta lineup though do we where do you to? slot maybe I guess maybe bets down in the order even with you know, even with the way things look, you still have to think at best he's going to bat 
fifth? Yeah, because or six, he's still going to be a bottom third of the lineup yeah, guy. He's though. done nothing to come in and like take the leadoff spot. I know he's got kind of some leadoff looking skills, both you know uh, just, just a leadoff look, uh, you know, a speedy uh, center field, an athletic speedy center fielder. Okay, whatever, but no, uh, I don't think so. I think that uh, EY Junior, Jace Peterson, they're gonna they're gonna hold down the, the top for now. And we'll see if if Maven can work his way up. Like you said, I'd say fifth at very best. But honestly, I agree with Roster Resource. They got him seventh right now. Dude, Roster Resource, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine guys on their opening day roster that were with the team last year. Nine of 25. Bananas. That is bananas. Let's talk some other moves, uh, including ones that uh, one that might anger us, and it's the the rumored one has has been fulfilled, and it's that uh, Ubaldo Jimenez does beat out Kevin Gosman uh, for that fifth starter role and puts Gosman into the bullpen. I can't say that I'm too surprised though, you know, because of Gosman's performance. Namely, with regard to the breaking ball, because the, the few times that I was able to see him in spring, it was usually someone sending a breaking one of his breaking balls back 400 feet the other way. So that's the big flaw. I I, I get that Ubaldo's terrible, and so I would probably just want uh, Gaussman to learn on the job. So I'm not necessarily justifying it from that standpoint. I'm justifying it from the standpoint of Gaussman didn't do enough to tell them that he is definitively one of their five best starters at least in spring training i think he has proven that already and he shouldn't have had to prove it but in the construct that Mm -hmm. we that we work within which is spring training and and sometimes you have to compete for jobs in that one month sample in that construct he did not do enough that's a fair point i you know we looked at st louis who gave the fifth uh, spot to carlos martinez even though you know, you and I both really recognize that the changeup still needs work. They gave mm-hmm. it to him. And if you want to compare the two approaches to me, I prefer that one because my concern is the longer Gossman stays in the bullpen, Bingo. the least unlikely it is that he becomes a starter. And that's what I, because if he stays in the bullpen all of April, which is a good chance because they're going to give Ubaldo a few, a few chances to fail. If he stays in that bullpen of all of April and then they were like, okay, he sucks. Let's go ahead and get Gossman. Now you got to stretch him out yes. again. And he's going to have to go to the minors for a few weeks. So, let's say realistically, if, if you're in a 12-team mixed league and, you're, and you and you can hold Gossman, by all means, do. But if you're in one of these leagues where you, you know you don't have the bench and you've got a, a you know, cut and dive or something, honestly, I don't see him making a start unless somebody gets hurt. I don't see him making a start until Mother's Day at the earliest. Yeah, as much as I love him, I I, I agree. I was t- I've been told a couple people already. Listen, if you can finagle it, yeah, but if. If it's a really tight roster situation, then then move on because if somebody else wants to get them, fine. That's going to clog up their spot. But you got to be you got to kind of be burning and churning in these situations. Um, and you know, fair or not, I, I I understand Baltimore's desire to get a little bit of something out of their 26 and a half mil that they still owe Ubaldo Jimenez. So it's not like he went up and and lit or went out and lit up the Grapefruit League, but he did better than than, than Gosman, and and so he gets the spot. He gets the chance. My guess is that uh, he'll take his course the way he normally does and, and wind up back in that bullpen sooner than later. But like you said, that starts the whole process of having to stretch Gosman out, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, in other news, another rumored job that was uh, you know, still – we were waiting for it to be announced, though. I guess they could have pulled the rug out right at the last second. But we'd heard that Micah Johnson was going to win that second base job over Emilio Bonifacio and Carlos Sanchez. And in fact, he has. After a big spring, uh, he went out there, hit 339 in his 59 at bats. I think that was one of the higher, you know, marks on the on the team in terms of uh, at bats. So they were giving him the time. They really wanted to see if Micah Johnson could take that job, and he did. A couple st- or three steals to go with it. He's a burner, and so if he's healthy then I think there's going to be tons of stolen bases to be had from Micah Johnson, particularly in that lineup, which I think is going to be really good. Agreed. I mean, this is, you know, you look at people now getting on on the uh, on the Micah Johnson band, uh, bandwagon. I, I will have to put this out for our man Craig, who listens to this show constantly, who has been pumping up Micah Johnson in my Facebook uh, message messenger for about eight months, uh, give or take a few, but all off season, Micah Johnson, Micah Johnson, Micah Johnson, Micah Johnson, <laughs> Micah Johnson, 50 steals, Micah Johnson. Now he may not ever get to this, 
But kudos to Craig for never giving up on the dude and, and identifying the opportunity early. As I told him last year, I mean, the opportunity, or not last year, as, as I've said to him, you know, the opportunity is there. This is what we saw with Marcus Simeon yep. last year. There's nothing in the way. If he does good, he should do well. Marcus Simeon did well in the spring and didn't hold it throughout the season. So let's hope that Johnson does better than Simeon, but speed forgives a lot That's of things. True. And you know, a lot of ground balls that Simeon couldn't beat out last year, Johnson can. And that's the thing. I mean, you watch him, he can fly. I mean, he's coming off a leg, a pretty bad leg injury last year, a hamstring uh, issue. And that's why his numbers weren't, uh, his stolen base numbers were down. Uh, but speed forgives a lot of things. And they're going to give him the opportunity because, frankly, there's nothing else there. No, there is nothing. And, and so that's kind of something that you have to do is go out and investigate those prospects who could come up and then the guys who have the path open. And, yeah, there were people in the winter, uh, in addition to Craig, who you're speaking of, who are out there saying Micah Johnson, Micah Johnson. And I'm like, Oh, I thought, you know, Bonifacio or Carl, you know, I missed him. I didn't, I didn't see him as somebody who was going to have that clear path that if he went out and performed, he could get the job. So good, good on those who were on the Micah Johnson train. I hope he runs wild. Cause it's, it's just exciting to watch. Uh, and then the last bit of news uh, regards Eddie Butler making it into the Colorado rotation and, you know, it's not huge news because we're not really ever dying to go out and get somebody in the Colorado rotation. You know, even John Gray, I think, will will, will step lightly with when he finally gets up uh, as well. But Butler is somebody I like. Even even with that, though, it's definitely a wait and see for me in any format, like unless there's just a massive reserve roster. But even then, I'm still waiting to see. I'm keeping them on the reserve roster. So I can't advocate a pickup. I can only advocate that you watch him. And if, and if it's looking like he's putting it together, then he does have an arsenal that can succeed in Colorado or at least minimize the damage. And then you can cash in on the road. One other thing, I don't, I don't know if you guys covered it in the starting pitching guide. I want to say that somebody has concerns about Butler's delivery. Yes. I remember reading it somewhere, and there are con some concerns about his long-term um, sustainability because of the I've delivery. Heard the same, and 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 so there were there were plenty of reports coming up that actually put him in the bullpen. Doug doesn't give him a very good grade. Uh, C, I mean, it's an okay C plus. It's not. Uh, it's not not as bad as you might feel if you're associating it with with uh, your 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 paper grades in school. A C plus doesn't feel great. But in terms of his grading, a C plus isn't too bad. But there are some concerns with with him, uh, and so Butler will need to show that he can kind of hold up. Uh, if not, he still looks like. See, the reason I like somebody like Butler though, uh, from like a prospect. In an NL only league scenario is that, well, obviously he's not going to be a prospect anymore because he's up. But what, the reason I was investing in him is because I think the downside would still be a bullpen asset. And I think he could be awesome in the bullpen. So even if he doesn't show that he can start long term, I do think Butler will be a, a successful major leaguer regardless of role. Agreed. All right, let's go ahead. That's going to wrap up the news. And now we're going to do what everybody's going to be doing these next couple of days and already has done the last few days. And that's predictions, of course. We're going to talk about what we see panning out. And it's not um, as fantasy related, but uh, we'll probably throw in some names of guys we like that are, are the reason that we're picking this team to win the division or the reason that we're picking, uh, you know, whatever team to maybe fall back because player X might not perform, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not full on fantasy, but listen, we still got to do it. And so we're going to start in the AL West. Uh, it's been an interesting, you know, off season for that division. I think they've got three contenders. Yeah, I do. I include Oakland in there, but um, you know, LA, Still, still there. When you got Mike Trout, you're always at least you got a puncher's chance, as they say. And then, of course, Seattle, who I believe is probably the favorite right now in a lot of people's eyes. And in fact, that's who I'm picking. I think Seattle does have enough to get it done. Um, I still don't think they have like an imposing offense when they went out and got Nelson Cruz and some of the other supplemental pieces that they got. But They've still got uh, a better offense. Anytime you add a bat like that, even if you don't expect them to do another 40 homers, it's still an improvement to what they were running out there. I like the Seth Smith addition as well as a number two hitter against righties, a full season of Austin Jackson, not to mention the pieces that were already strong and in place, Robinson Cano, Kyle Seeger. Uh, by the way, I got I to gotta make a reference to the fact that Mike Zanino had a huge spring, and I'm wondering if you got any messages about it uh, which you could have instantly refuted with. Obviously, he saw 9 million fastballs. But I was just wondering, did anyone try to come at you on that? Because he hit 352 with seven bombs. 
uh, come at me, bros and, and gals. But no, nobody has okay. yet, and I, I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick with it, oh, yeah. and no, that's I, because what that's what the numbers are. Yeah, because honestly, <laughs> I'm gonna stick I, with I'm, it. I'm not. I'm not deterred. Because uh, for, for those that don't know, Jason and I, Jason especially out there, but beating the pavement about. Zanino, you got to be careful because he can't hit anything with a wrinkle. And I just don't feel like he saw a high quality of breaking balls in spring training. So I'm not even buying this performance here. He's got to prove to me that he can hit anything with a wrinkle. But I still think they, they, they can take a modest season from him and the offense will still be strong. Love the pitching, uh, both the starting pitching and the bullpen. So that's why I picked Seattle to win the division. Yeah, in all fairness, I've, I've done uh, two of these overall predictions for ESPN, and both of them were Google surveys, so I didn't get the results uh, retained in either example. So, it, it, yeah, and, and here's the thing, though. They didn't publish the whole prediction piece. If you go to the site right now, it has all of their, their 15 or 16 writers. By the way, no females, and that's BS. That needs Lame. to change. But. It is lame. Uh, I mean, they have a few females that could do that, uh, but they don't have any females in that. Uh, and that's somebody who does some contract work for them, so so be it. Uh, but when you look at that, they didn't put our links. Last year they did. So I, I'm, I'm, if, if you find some inconsistencies, I'm sorry. It's been a long weekend. I've been in New York with my wife doing a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, but I believe I also picked Seattle uh, because I like the pitching. Obviously, with Felix and with Iwakuma, uh, Taiwan Walker, uh, the reports of him have been very strong this spring. James Paxton, uh, Paxton, the reports have been very strong on him this spring. Um, I, I like the overall pieces they make, I think. Uh, but I do think it's going to be a dogfight between they and the Angels. Mm -hmm. I, I I don't see Oakland in that picture. I think it's a, really a two-team race up there, uh, but it's not going to be as easy because I, I see a better Houston team. Definitely. Uh, so this 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 uh, the the pack between first and worst in this division is not going to be as. Um, wide as it has been in the yeah, past. Te Texas already getting decimated again by injuries, so they, they'll probably be a bottom feeder again. But yeah, I think Houston's going to be uh, a bit more sprightly. And, and like I said, I, I actually like Oakland a little bit better than you do. Um, maybe I'm just believing in the bean magic, but but all their platoons, the pieces that they got. And they still have pretty good pitching, even though um, I, I don't love Sonny Gray as uh, in terms of his fantasy value this year. I still really like him as a pitcher. So we'll see. That's our big difference there is Oakland. You say no dice, I say, hey, they're going to be fighting. I know that's vague, but what I'm saying is over 500. So if you put something on it, I'll say over 500. Let's talk about the central because this one breaks my heart because if I'm being honest, and I am – uh, I can't pick the Tigers. I just I don't I don't think the Tigers are the are the favorite right now. I think the Indians are the favorite. They're getting a lot of love. We're seeing them picked to the World Series. We're seeing them picked to win the World Series. A lot of talk, a lot of buzz. It's a buzzy team, but with good reason. That rotation is absolutely ridiculous. Kluber, Carrasco, both got new contracts. Trevor Bauer, T.J. House, even Zach McAllister getting some love after a big spring training. Uh, they did lose Gavin Floyd, but they already had the the depth to replace it. I don't even know why they signed him in the first place. And I think Cody Allen's going to be the best closer in the American League this year. And the lineup uh, has a chance to be really good, but I think at the very worst, it'll be it'll just be solid. Um, I think Carlos Santana can have a massive breakout, I'm talking 30 and 100 kind of season. Love the Brandon Moss signing. I think Michael Brantley will not backslide very far from what he did last year, maybe knock off some homers, but everything else, I mean, his skills are rock solid. So as much as it pains me as a Tigers fan, I really like this ball club in Cleveland, and I think they're going to take the division narrowly. Yeah, you know, you're my boy. Um, I don't even see Detroit making the you're, playoffs. Now, you're that, stupid, and me. we're going to end the podcast, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs> we'll be back on Tuesday, everybody, with Nino Saris, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to go watch Mad Men in baseball. Okay, good night. The guy that actually knows what he's talking about, right? Uh, but yeah, I was actually talking uh, to somebody this week who gave us some podcast feedback. Uh -huh. Like the show, you and Paul just don't disagree a lot. And I was like, well, you know, you know Paul and I go back a while. We kind of share the same brain on a lot of stuff. Um, but if if there is disagreement, it is natural. It is not forced. Exactly. This is one of those well, examples. We're never going to force uh, it, by the way. And I'm sorry. I understand yeah. why the PTI format succeeds because they will kind of force it. They've admitted to it. Tony Kornheiser and, and Michael Wilbon. We're not going to do that. I'm not because I, I, I don't want to just I don't want to be stuck with an opinion I don't believe for one. No, we could play devil's advocate. Sure take that angle but no but in this case i have the white Sox winning this division and i also have the white Sox making the world series for the 
the American League. I'm a big believer. Uh, I like that team for a few reasons. I love the top two thirds of their lineup. Uh, I think it's going to produce a lot of runs. Uh, you, know, you got the Shark along with Sale, the bullpen. The other thing is when a weakness develops in that team, and there are a couple on it right already. But Rick Hahn is the guy that will go out and make the move to make it go. right. He's not going to sit back and worry about the future. Rick Hahn, if, if he needs, if the White Sox needs something, he'll go out and get because it done. Was... Uh, and his predecessor, Kenny go. Williams, did it yep. before him. And Kenny Williams took a lot of crap for it, but he'll go out and get it done. And that's why I like that team. Now, I love what Cleveland's doing. I'm not even trying to sell them short. I love what they're doing. Love locking up Kluber. Love locking up Carrasco and Brantley. And they've got Sandy. I mean, they've got their core locked up. This is John Hart, mid-1990s all over again this is what john hart did with the the indians the first time around and i don't like this probably division i didn't even look at the schedule i i really hope that these two teams are facing each other in the final weekend because it could be an amazing series because that's how close this division Actually, should be the uh the the best team in that division is facing the white Sox. the tigers are uh, no i'm just kidding obviously I, I already said that the tigers won't be the best team in that division but yeah uh it's tigers white Sox in the final weekend which could be very interesting it, that could decide that could be deciding a wild card you made an a- excellent point regarding rick hahn and kenny williams they're just not afraid to make moves and anytime anyone's like well i i would pick player x to be traded to chicago but they just don't have anything Every time we say that and people write that in an article, they somehow pull off a deal because no no team is devoid of of, uh, of talent. They, they, they've got something, and they always seem to make it work with less than uh, extraordinary minor league talent. So I agree with you on that point with regards to them um, you know, ready to make a move if they have to. I got them just missing this year, but that's only because the Central's so tough. I still do have my Tigers taking the wild card there. Uh, I, I still think there's enough front-end talent with Cabrera, the Martinez's, Cespedes, Kinsler, uh, Price, Anibal Sanchez. Obviously, I still believe in Verlander. I know not everybody does. I like a big season from Shane Green. And I don't think that the the gas can closing will be uh, near the fire too long so that guys like uh, Joe Kim Soria can, can take that over. And I think their bullpen will be markedly better this year, uh, especially when Bruce Rondon gets healthy. If Bruce Rondon gets healthy, I should say, I guess. But uh, another team, the Tigers, not afraid to go out and make moves, keep making moves. So uh, I still have my Tigers making the playoffs, just not as the division winner. Let's move on to the AL East because I found this one to be remarkably difficult and then it turns out when i made my pick um and they posted them on fangraphs i was very much on an island with just a couple other people because i picked the yankees um and i understand the flaws with this team they're a billion years old and uh part of this is me kind of believing a little bit in um tanaka at least holding up for uh, a substantial portion of the season. I, I, I wouldn't be bold enough to suggest that I'm going to, that I think he's going to make it the whole season, but even if he kind of gets another, what one thirty innings that he got last year, I think that's going to be mm-hmm. pretty big. I still love Eovaldi. I think Pineda could have a massive season again, though needs to stay healthy. So a lot of it hinges on health for this club, pretty much hinges on health for every club. Let's be honest, but um, uh, they're already coming in with a little bit of health concerns. The real big piece for me though, is I think this, lineup's very underrated it doesn't have a lot of star power anymore the way it used to it has old stars people who used to be super duper uh beltran Teixeira, mccann uh a rod ellsbury uh i think they're all gonna add up to be nice and solid just a solid strong uh offense and i think that's gonna help cover them and i'm not worried about Dylan batances even though he is now sharing closer duties um, I think he'll still rest that job away and, and be the main closer. So I, t- I picked the Yankees. I know a lot of people aren't, and uh, it, it pains me because I actually hate the Yankees, but I, I think this team is going to make the moves in, in season as well, speaking of that with the Central. I think they're going to make enough moves to win this division. Uh, here's the, the the funny thing is even the Yankee writers don't like the Yankees this year. I remember seeing something – uh, that a piece was put up and like, hey, here's what the, the, the Yankee media or the New York media predicted. And nobody yeah. had the Yankees, not one of them. Way down. And here's the thing. All the picks are, you know, it was funny back at the op when, when Pakoda ran the Rays, 86 wins. Now the Rays can't sniff uh, even a fourth place. Everybody's got them finishing dead last. And when you open the season with Cobb and Moore and Smiley and McGee on the disabled list, it's kind of tough. Not kind of tough to argue that, uh, especially when only one of them and Colomay too. By the way, he has four fifths of the of the uh, four sixth of the uh, six man rotation is on the disabled list to start the year. 
It's brutal. Uh, and plus, they really don't have the offense nor the defense to to uh, to offset the that run that loss of run prevention. Uh, but that said, you know, a lot of people see. I see the Orioles a lot of picks, yep. and I don't. I don't you know see why. It. I, I really I, don't. It, 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 what it's is it? Influenced on on the last two years. That's it. That's it. I guarantee that it. it's because I guess. we I mean, as a as a baseball community have been so wrong on them that people are tired of being wrong. And I, I honestly believe yeah. that's that's a lot of the reason for some people picking them, because you certainly can't make a great case just based on the talent because they didn't do anything in the offseason. They're banking on getting Machado and Weeders back for full seasons. I like some of their pitching. Uh, I'm a Tillman guy. I've made that clear. Gaussman, obviously, but he's not even starting the other four. I can uh, you can take them you can take them all way in Chen M- Miguel Gonzalez they're kind of averageish but Bud Norris Ubaldo Jimenez have them because I'm just oh, wait 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 hold on I I have to pause you Adam Wainwright is up to the plate I must watch the first pitcher bat of the season uh, it, it, it's a must it we we should probably oh he's got, he's down 0-2 uh, on two failed this will be great attempts. to watch him try to bunt anyway now it, to his defense it is a first and third situation. So with one out, and I'm a big fan of the first and third bunt situation with the pitcher. So, you know, in all fairness, if I hate pitchers, but I'm a big fan of the, even if this wasn't, even if this wasn't the pitcher, this, what, what's great about this is this is a play that Joe Madden used to love when he was with the Rays because he got it. He got it from Mike Socia, uh, not from Socia, but uh, Marcel Latchman, uh, the bench coach, when he was with the Angels, he used to tell Joe, man, I love the first and third bunt play with one out. You butt towards the first baseman. You try to force him to make that throw. And then, in worst case, you get first and second, and you know that kind of thing. So he's a big, and here he is trying to trying to defend it. Uh, you know, he, they had just showed a picture of him doing that. But so picture hitting, yawn. He's um, trying, but he's already he's down. He's trying. Um, yes, he's already trying. Yeah, he's, so he's uh, there, get, get there you go. Best effort. But yeah, so I, on the Baltimore piece, I just, honestly I really believe it's hey, we've been wrong these two years. Let's not sleep on them again, and. I, I, I don't see it. I, I could have easily, you know, maybe it's hindsight that I could make the case after what they did last year, but I just, I don't think that they're coming back for another rally here. They ro- they lost Nelson Cruz's 40 homers, and even if you don't think he's going to hit 40 homers for Seattle, they still lost the 40 homers. And all of their yeah. rotation last year basically had kind of their best case scenario. Um, like I said, I, I could see a little bit of improvement with Tillman, but that, that's really it for me, and I, I, that's not even a universal opinion. I know some folks don't even like him. So Chris Davis should bounce back, but is that a guarantee? No. Steve Pierce, he's not a guarantee, so I don't, I don't see it with them. Are you going with Boston? Yeah, I really am, as much as it pains me to say it. Uh, as much as it pains me to say it with them, I would go with Boston because if they've got a ton of talent. They can make so the trade, kind of like my White Sox argument. Oh, you want to go get Cole Hamels? Go get him already. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's great that my boyfriend Clay Buckholz is opening the season that, tomorrow for them. But if they it. want, if they want Hamels, go get them. You can do it. Uh, even if you lose, even if you've lost Christian Vasquez, the Tommy John surgery, it doesn't no. matter. They've still got a ton of depth in this organization, and, and I think that's what separates them from everyone else in the division. Even you know, I like Toronto a lot so this year. I. The offense is going to kick the crap out of a lot of people, but it's Toronto. Yeah. The, we know the injuries are going to happen. Right. They come from somewhere they always do. And I, even last year, ooh, they're looking healthy. And then ping pong, ping pong, and they were gone. I, uh, I would have so picked them I, I don't know what to with, say. With Stroman. I, I can honestly say I would have picked them with Stroman. He, he was that big of a difference to me because it's such a razor-thin edge in that division. And, and I really hemmed and hawed with Boston. They're my other wild card because uh, I look at that lineup, and it is, it's drool-worthy. It's, it's really good. And I know they've got gobs of talent that they can send a $10 million Rusnik Castillo down to Pawtucket. That's how ridiculous they are. And there were teams there, there are teams out in the league that would kill to have Jackie Bradley Jr. starting in their center field. Even even with the, his inability to hit, even fully knowing that, they would still kill for like uh, guys like him, Garen Cicchini, who people know, don't even talk about. And I think he's I think he's a legit stick. Uh, who you know they're going to end up trading for some solid piece, and he's going to bust out and, and be be solid. But they're going to get something really good for him. They just don't have anywhere to play him. Uh, so the offense is great. The reason I wasn't sold on them for the division is. The rotation as it is right now, so they don't have Hamels yet, and the bullpen. Um, because I don't really love it with Uihara. Um, 
I still think he's going to be good when he pitches. It's just going to be so rare. But now they don't even have Uihara. And so now you're looking at Mujica and Anthony Vivaro. And Tazawa's good, but uh, Craig Breslow, Alexia Gando. I just don't see it. They're going to make the moves, but um, or at least I think they will because they have the talent. But I just I, I get I gave the edge elsewhere right now because uh, I th- I think they'll be fighting for more of a wild card situation. All right, let's move on to. Oh wait, who are your wild cards, by the way? Uh, in the American League, my wild cards when I had them uh, picked, I have the uh, the Indians as one wild card. The Indians and Angels were my okay. wild cards. So yeah, I went Detroit, Boston, and then the American League playoffs for me, I went Detroit over Boston. Avenge the the security guard home grand slam, uh, Cleveland over the Yankees, and then Seattle over Detroit, and then Cleveland over Seattle. So I was just talking about people being real buzzy on the Indians, picking them for the World Series, and I'm one of those guys. So that's where I'm at with the American League. What do you got for the playoffs? Uh, for the playoffs, let's see. I had I had the White Sox as the they're not the best team. I don't think I think I had Boston as the best team just because their division is going to be easier mm-hmm. for them. Um, I think the way the way it shakes out, um, I'm trying. I, I had the White Sox beating the Red Sox in the ALCS. Okay. I remember that much. I don't well, remember that, that, else. the other part's pretty much irrelevant. So uh, yeah, yeah, the White Sox going uh, to the World Series here. So we have two AL Central teams, and unfortunately, neither of them are my favorite team. That's heartbreaking. Uh, but maybe, hey, maybe the year that no everyone isn't hyped up on them is the year that they come through. Let, let's go with that. Yeah, I'm 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 psyching myself up on that. The year everyone doesn't pick the Tigers is the year they win it. Here we go. All right, let's move over to the National League. Let's start out out west again, and you know. I think people think this is a walk away for sure. I don't know how much opinions are going to change based on the, the, the trade that we talked about at the outset of the show. But with, you know, with Pocota projections, it, it wouldn't be enough to change it. There's a 14 game spread between the Dodgers and Padres uh, for Pocota. I see it much closer than that, but I still do give it to the Angels or uh, to, to Los Angeles, to the Dodgers. They just the, the star talent that they have. The, the guy in charge now, I think that the, the moves – they're not just always going to use their brute force of, of financial resources. They're going to use all their resources possible, and that, that makes them scary, like absolutely terrifying. We saw it this offseason, the small move – or not small moves, but the moves that they made you know weren't the highest of high-impact players. You know, San Diego was getting all the headlines, but like a Rollins and, and a Kendrick and a Grandal – just really strong moves. And if Peterson comes up and does what people think he can, he's hitting seventh for crying out loud. Like there's no pressure. Just come in kid and do what you can. But, but the star potential is there. Um, that one, two punch Kershaw Grinky is ridiculous. I worry about the back three with Ryu already hurt McCarthy and Anderson made of glass. But again, They'll be able to address it. Maybe Beachy comes up, fills the role. Maybe Rue is only out for a little bit and still pitches a, a plenty of innings. They'll fix the bullpen too. So I, I know it's kind of a you know saying that they they will do this X Y and Z, but I think they've shown that they're, that's what they're going to do. They're going to fix anything that needs to be fixed. I can't I really can't argue too much. I think uh, San Diego has definitely closed the gap here. Big time. You know, with it, I think I th- I'm trying to think on paper. I think I had these teams like three games apart. So again, dogfight. It, it should be really fun to watch for them along those lines. But when push comes to shove, San Diego is already pretty much shot other bullets, right. and the Dodgers still have a big one if they want it. You know, if if I don't think that uh, Freeman would ever sign up on trading Julio Urias. I don't think it would ever ever no. happen. But if Cole, you know, if, Cole, if the Cole Hamels market heats up, I don't know what they would probably try to do everything in their power to try to try to get Hamels without doing that. But Los Angeles still has bullets to fire on the trade market. I don't know what else City could possibly trade um, down edges, unless they're going to trade naming rights to Petco. Edges, but they don't want you know you can't trade everybody. So let's say they still right. have a couple prospects, but you can't. You, you just can't. Renfro and Hedges are the two. A-level prospects that they still have, but you, you can't just empty it all out. Um, I like Reimer Liriano a good bit too. Maybe maybe him if the outfield really pans out because of how much outfield they do have. But you got to be careful. Um, we did get we did get the good fortune of the baseball gods on this one. 
these two teams do play each other in the last three games set Friday, October 2nd oh, through Sunday, October 4th. So that, that could be amazing. That could be, honestly, could be for the division. I don't know if it'll be that close, uh, but I would love if it was for the division. I think these teams are tight. So obviously I got San Diego also making a wild card. Let's move on to the NL Central. Uh, this one's really tough too. I, I think this is, I, I honestly, I'm um, among those few who thinks that Cincinnati's more in this than people believe. Um, but I think there's just going to be too much. It's going to be a lot of beating up on each other because I just don't think there's a walkover in this division. I will say, I don't think the Cubs are really going to be anywhere near it by the time the season's over. Uh, you know, they'll be frisky, but I just, I don't see a full season run from the Cubs yet. I think this is their first year that that big step where they're contenders for a while. We saw it with Pittsburgh, you know, they were contenders for like four months and then completely collapsed. Uh, maybe, maybe it's not that same exact playbook for the Cubs, but I think it's going to be similar to where they just don't have enough juice to get through the six months. Uh, so it was between Cardinals and Pirates for me, and I went with the Cardinals because they've got my NL Cy Young pick, who I'll discuss later. But um, I, I just think that great organization uh, with their talent top to bottom. They, I know people are getting tired of them. A lot of people hate them. Uh, understandably, they're kind of one of the behemoths out there to kind of get behind and rally and hate. Uh, but they're, they're still really good. Uh, same order. Uh, I have the Cardinals winning it with the Pirates finishing uh, in the wild card just ahead of the Marlins. And I know, I know, uh, Jota was giving the Marlins some run. Yeah. I still like the, I still like the Pirates, uh, but I think that's gonna be, that that could go either way. And I'm not gonna, I don't feel too strongly um, against either. But I, all your echo, echo your points with St. Louis. I've already mentioned from the fantasy side. I love the top half of their lineup. So when you've got the three OBP monsters and you've got Matt Adams there. And Peralta against uh, tonight with Peralta batting cleanup, Adams batting fifth. I mean, it's going to be a nice situation for them. They've already got two runs tonight. It's so gross. Um, off Lester with their situation. And uh, I think it's, it's going to be rinse and repeat with a lot of that. And, and the defense is going to be good. Even when you, when you add a guy like Jason Hayward to your outfield defense, that's going to help. And then let's talk about the East because, uh, again, I think this is uh, – I think this one's going to be – a lot closer than people believe too, uh, more because of what's transpired kind of since the off season really started to settle down. And that's the injuries with Washington. Um, the, I think, I, I don't think they're getting enough run. The fact that they are going to open tomorrow without their top four guys from last year. Uh, Denard Spam batted first, Anthony Rendon second, J Jason Worth third and Adam LaRoche fourth. Those were their top four hitters uh, throughout a large part of the season last year. And, and they're not going to have any of them tomorrow. Now, three of them will be eventually returning because they're, they're just hurt. But LaRoche is gone. So now you're looking at Michael Taylor, Yunel Escobar, still love Bryce Harper and Ryan Zimmerman, but that's a, that's a much different top four. And I just don't know that it's getting enough play because I think both the Mets and the Marlins are going to be there. Now, what helps them is you just get to really get so many free wins against Atlanta and Philly. So, but so are the Mets and Marlins. So that's why I think that division between those three teams is going to be really tight. I do still give it to Washington. That, that rotation is too ridiculous, but here's probably my biggest uh, surprise pick. I got the Mets with my other wild card. Wow, yeah, that is a surprise. I mean, I, I the national point it is tough to overcome the health, but frankly, they had that much of a cushion. That, yeah, where it, I'm not, I'm not even sweating it. I, I really am not sweating. They had that much of a cushion, and their division only got a bit easier today um, with that. But I think I, I don't have the wild card coming from. I don't have the wild card coming from this division. Did you, I, you know, Miami May. Uh, yeah, I have the I have the Padres and the the Padres and the okay. Pirates. As my wild card team. That could be a dirty uh, wild card game if it does come to fruition. I could it'd be really great if it, if it was somehow Cole Shields or something. I mean, honestly, any of the top three for uh, San Diego would work. Cole Kashner, Cole Ross, something like, as long as it's cold this time, that'd be that'd be that'd be great. Sorry, I had Ensign Volquez. It just didn't work out for you last year. Uh, the reason I like the Mets is is uh, their pitching, of course. That that that's the driving force behind them. But I think their offense is better than they get credit for. Again, similar to the other New York, uh, not some star laden ball club that you know uh jumps out at you as an uh, offensive juggernaut but i think solid just uh, you know 
pretty good. Granderson, Wright, Duda, Kadire, those four veterans kind of as the heart of the order I think is really nice. Daniel Murphy, chronically underrated. Um, uh, the, the big turning point is the other three guys, though. Ligaris, Flores, and, and Travis Darnot. If those three guys, 26 and under, all three of them, uh, if they can really kind of come together and at least one of them has a breakout, uh, then I think that that's what's really going to drive them. So, yeah, I think the pitching is really the the foundation for that team, but the hitting is going to be better than people think. That's why I got the Mets as as a uh, as a wild card pick. I feel a lot better about that if Zach Wheeler was still Absolutely. in the picture. Absolutely, and it, it would. It, That's what it, really it sucks. Would be a lot easier to uh, sell people on that. I definitely agree. Um, but, and it goes without saying that this pick suggests that Matt Harvey is going to come back and be the Matt Harvey that we saw pretty much right away uh, for whatever 100, 190 innings, whatever they give him. Um, but it, it, we're gonna we're gonna see what's what with them. Like I said, the Marlins. It was tough. It's so tough to make picks these days. I feel you know what ten years ago you, you pencil in uh, or you ink in Yankees and Boston and then fill in around it because at least you had two gimmies. I, mean, I, I don't even, like I said I don't even think Washington and the Dodgers are as gimme as people believe this year. But those are kind of the two gimmies, uh, and then everything else is razor thin to decide. So here's my NL playoffs. I do have San Diego beating the Mets in that wild card game, and then San Diego toppling the Dodgers, another disappointment for the Dodgers, Washington over St. Louis, and then San Diego over Washington. So I'm super freaking chic, trendy pick with my San Diego over Cleveland World Series pick. And yes, I reversed it from Cleveland over San Diego after the Kimbrel deal. That's what happens with some late editing, and I'm, uh, I'm very proud of it. <laughs> uh, I had the, the Nationals beating the Dodgers in the NLCS. That, again, I don't remember what I had for the other pick, but that's where that's where I have things uh, for them. So then Nats, uh, Nats, White Sox? Nats, White Sox, Nats winning it all was my overall Roche. pick. Uh, unrelated, since we're in the National League, um, I, I, I did just send you this link. I, I think it's worth noting uh, for a guy, John Lester, that was complaining about a tired arm during spring training. Uh, topped out at 96 in the first inning, and his velocity during this game has steadily declined. Where it's now, now he's topping out at 92, or only in the low 30s for his pitch count. Not great, and he's leaving some just, fat ones. Just There's saying, been some really just good saying. contact. That's why um, he would he would have been a bench for me this week because his second starts in Colorado. And so if you're if you're telling me, we, I think we already come in this week thinking that he's going to be on a bit of a pitch count. Um, so if I'm only going to get maybe five, maybe six innings in Colorado, I'm not risking. I know it's going to be cold there, but that spacious outfield doesn't care what the weather is. If they make contact, there's going to be hits that are falling. So I'm worried about Lester this week, but this week only. I don't think it's a long-term thing to be concerned about, but your point is uh, is noteworthy. Let's talk about some awards here. And we'll start on the mound with the, with the Cy Youngs. For my NL Cy Young pick, I, I mentioned that he comes from that uh, NL Central winning St. Louis Cardinals club, and it's not Wainwright. It's actually Michael Waka. And I know that the disclaimer probably has to be done that, hey, I, I understand that Clayton Kershaw is the odds-on favorite and should be. I get that. If Whatever. But – it's, it's going to end someday. I mean, he's going to be toppled at some point. Remember when Verlander was the unquestioned number one guy in the game and everyone picked him and, and you couldn't pick anyone else. I'm, I'm, I am trying to zigzag a little bit here when everyone's going with the obvious pick. I'm trying to pick a guy who I really believe that if he puts it together over the full season – could take that award, and that's Michael Walker. Four-pitch arsenal. Uh, we've seen the stuff. It's plus. Um, it's just a matter of that shoulder staying healthy and letting him get through a 200-inning season. I know that's kind of the key, but I'd rather bet on skills uh, with some health kind of being the missing ingredient as opposed to vice versa, and I've, uh, you know, I say that all the time. I mean, th- here's the thing with the NL, and we should always preface this as saying that Clayton Kershaw is going to win it every year. But it's always fun to pick other players. Right. Uh, it really is. And last year, I I ate my shorts with Homer Bailey. And, and when I was in New York this weekend, auctioneering, uh, the guy who spent $25 on Homer Bailey reminded me a few times how full of crap I was, jokingly. But in all seriousness, go look at Homer Bailey's numbers after May 1st. Right? No, he, and, and shoved it. He was just horrendous in April, and then he got hurt. But he was horrendous in April, and then he was then he was the Homer Bailey I thought he was going to be after That's that. That's the part that, that really bums me out, because obviously you and I were both out there just 
Bailey, 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 Bailey. And then you went so far to go say, hey, my Cy Young pick. So out there on that limb, but the skills were still there. And the devastating splitter last year, I mean, there – we saw bits from him last year that were like, wow, yeah, Jason really could have been right if he had stayed healthy. So, uh, yeah, you, you take Kershaw and Trout in those two categories uh, if you're just trying to kind of nail the pick because they're the odds-on favorite. But if you're really trying to say, hey, this is what could upset the apple cart, Walker's my pick for the Cy Young. Who do you got? My pick is Scherzer. Okay. I, I, I think he becomes – I believe I believe Gaylord Perry is the last guy to cross leagues over this. I'm missing somebody painfully obvious in the middle. But I thought it was him unless Santana did it. I I, I know there's there's got to be a gap there. I'm, I'm completely missing. So feel free for people to call me out and be an idiot uh, on this. But with Scherzer coming over to the National League, we talked about him adding the cutter for a third pitch out of the same release point. It's going to be uh, – it's going to be a lot of fun to watch as a pitching fan. It's going to suck for the National League East and for the National League in general uh, with him. But Scherzer's back. I think it's going to be close. I think Scherzer's going to be good enough this year to give voters some pause. Because there's NL voters are so used to going, nah, Kershaw, exactly. Kershaw. And, and deservedly no, so. No, no. But this year there could be some pause. I, I got, I, yeah, I got no problem with it. I mentioned that too because on another podcast I gave these picks and I said, voter fatigue is real. It's stupid. It's really, really stupid. If a guy deserves it, he deserves to get it. I don't care if he's won it 10 times in a row, but it's still a thing. And I think it could creep in to the point that if, if a Scherzer or, um, you know, any of the Nats really, but, uh, or even my pick will walk, if they're close, if they're close enough to Kershaw to where it's, you know, razor thin, Hey, let me vote for the new guy because it's something new. That's that it, it, it happens, fair or not. So um, I could definitely see that. That's a great pick, by the way. I, I really like him. Out in the American League, I got another one that's a little bit off the off the radar, uh, but he was amazing last year. So I don't even think it's like crazy or anything. It's it's Jeff Samarja, and I know folks are pretty worried. There's some people out there uh, who are really worried about his new ballpark. I'm not that concerned because I think he's got the stuff to, to, to have U.S. Cellular not really bother him. It doesn't bother Chris Sale, and he, he's not 100% Chris Sale, but he's he's an elite pitcher, Jeff Samarja is, I believe. I believe he has elite stuff. So um, it, it doesn't really hurt uh, Jose Quintana either. So I, I, I don't know why well, we're that worried about it hurting Jeff Samarja. He keeps the ball down. If last year's ground ball rate is, is real at 50%, I mean, it was 48% the year before. So he, he keeps the ball down. He has swing and miss stuff. I think Jeff Samarja finally gets some wins uh, because that, you know, there's no way you're going to get the Cy Young. Even if you had like a 209 ERA and a .97 whip, I don't think you'd get a Cy Young vote with a 7-13 and 13 record. They can be easier uh, on it when you know 13 and 12 or whatever Felix was when he won it but 7 and 13 I don't think we I don't think we could get the writers to vote uh, anybody for that Agreed. And Samarja is a very strong pick. And because, it, again, if I have this White Sox going to the World Series American League, that would line up. That's not where I went. I mean, I went with Drew Hutchison. Nice. Because I, I, I really wanted to, I like making one of those picks, but I loved what I saw from that dude down the stretch last year. I know he gave up the home runs, but that's going to get better. I mean, he was, he was, really working on the slider and it, it, it got better. And, and as long as he gets down this yeah it got better throughout and uh, you know i like i said that toronto team is going to be right there on the cusp of that wild card team i don't think they get it um but i i wanted to put that out there and say hey there you know i i said that was going to happen in case it does uh but samarja is a safer pick i think hutchins is a more risky pick but i'm, I'm a big believer in hutchins yes, this yeah. year as a guy who owns them in multiple and honestly leagues. the al is wide open i know felix and sale are there but I don't think that they have the stranglehold as as the best guys in their in their league the way Kershaw does. So I think there's more daylight to use Eno's phrase for someone to sneak in, uh, even if it is somebody a bit further off the radar like a Hutchison. And you mentioned that slide piece. That's going to be his key to really figuring out lefties uh, because that that they did the most of the home run damage last year, and they're, they're the reason that his ERA was so high. In the final two months, though, uh, that slider allowed just a 2.58 OPS with a 52 strikeout rate it went from solid to an amazing super elite weapon and if it remains a super elite weapon i imagine he'll start using it a lot more uh and then lefties will not have such a such an easy time against hutchison the way they did last year so i like that as an off the radar pick um obviously this whole podcast all three of us have been trumpeting hutchison this year so hopefully that one comes through let's talk some mvps 
And uh, mine looks like an old school prospect list from a couple years ago because I've got Bryce Harper winning the Ameri- uh, the National League and um, Mike Trout winning the AL. So there's no there's no shock in my, my AL. I couldn't even really get cute because I just think he is going to go ahead and win it this year. I don't really even see anybody rising up. So the other one that's worth talking about is obviously the Harper one. I know some of you out there definitely rolling your eyes because there's there's some non-Harper folks out there. Um, It's a completely split camp. The other half of you are like, yeah, totally. I I see it. This is finally the year. So I'm focusing on that that camp right now. Uh, We're finally going to get our full season of Bryce Harper, and it's going to be unreal. Uh, Or at least that's what I'm betting on. I think we've seen glimpses of it throughout his three seasons and then really saw it last year uh, in the playoffs. You know, a tiny sample, but when he's locked in, the dude is ridiculous, and his power is still otherworldly, and the dude is growing still at 22 years old. So, um, you know, not not a not a tough pick to necessarily make, even though it is off the radar. And you you know, a, a 13 home run, 32 RBI guy last year. You don't usually pick that as your MVP, but he's not that he's not a normal 13, 32 kind of guy. He had injuries, and his talent is just through the roof. So I, I I took Harper. I took a little bit of a gamble there, and then went stock with my AL pick. Who you got? I went with Yasiel Puig in the National League and Jose Abreu in the American I like League. both of those. And obviously your Abreu one is tied to your to your White Sox going all the way there. Uh, so that one works out really well. He's probably going to have to have another massive season uh, to really uh, set that lineup on fire and, and, and help push them if they're going to be that good. So I definitely like that one. And then um, Yasiel Puig. That he was in heavy consideration. In fact, when I was filling mine out, I actually put Puig in the box at one point before deleting it and settling on Harper. So I was back and forth, back and forth. Um, I don't. I would not be surprised if either one of them won it. Um, and I know Andrew McCutcheon's still there, and he's going to be in contention for it. I think guys like Buster Posey will be. But when it comes down to it. Um, I, I would love to see a Harper Puig battle kind of come down to the wire where they're chasing each other every day with a couple hits, couple you know, a homer, or stolen base, or whatever the case. I hope it's those two kind of in the finals, if you will, for the MVP down the stretch. It should be fun to watch. I think everybody's got. I think they've got the pieces to get it done. And I, I would love to see Harper. I'd love to see the dude vindicated for it. Uh, same thing with Puig. I think both Agreed. guys get so much hate, and I would love to see either of them win. I just win. don't know why people don't want to enjoy these guys. I, it, it's so bizarre to me. I, I forget some of that fluff BS that people worry about and just enjoy these two amazing players. Let's talk some rooks and uh, the newcomers. Who, who's going to be the rookies of the year? I've got. Uh, I was going to go with two pitchers. But I went pitcher and hitter. Uh, I went Noah Syndergaard in, in the na- National League. Obviously, that plays in with my, one of my picks, too, with the Mets. Obviously, if they are going to have the kind of season that's really going to put them in contention, it's probably going to need a jolt like that. Somebody like Syndergaard coming up, setting the league on fire the way DeGrom did last year and, and giving it a, even a, a bigger boost, maybe replacing Wheeler, so to speak, um, down down the stretch there. And then in the American League, I went with Rizny Castillo. Yeah, I realize both my Rookie of the Year picks aren't even in the majors right now, but that's kind of how it works with Rookie of the Year picks. I think people get way too focused on the guys who are uh, in the majors and uh, or obviously very close like uh, Chris Bryant because he's been the kind of the runaway pick. But I think sometimes you got to think a little bit further down. the Just because they're not on the club and maybe won't be even in April doesn't mean you can't win the Rookie of the Year. Look at what DeGrom did last year. Rookie of the Year catalog is littered with guys who were nowhere near the the majors for the first two months of the season. Yeah, I think I was the same. I, I, this is where I, this is where it gets uh, Hazy? cloudy yeah. for me. I yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. I'm trying to think what I did over. Um, I may have gone Micah Johnson or Micah or I think it may have been Micah Johnson just because of the steals. I'm just drawing. I'm kind of drawing a blank. This is where it gets That's hazy right. on me in the National League. I'm trying to. I'm just trying to think of who I would have who I would have put there. I, I can't Rodon? even guess uh, what would I put have done there. Rodon to go with your White Sox pick. Oh yeah, Rodon's definitely yeah. Rodon's definitely the. That AL was who guy I, put I put in. Thank uh, you. Originally, and okay, I, I did put Rodon. I did put I Rodon. deleted him for Castillo at, at the last second, and then honestly, like uh, minutes after I turned in my picks, Castillo got sent down. But like I said, I don't really care about that. I, I don't think he stays down. I think he's got the talent to come up and 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 be a force. But Rodon was right there for me again, sent down. Nothing to worry about. He'll be up soon. 
Hector Noyes. Rodon and Bryant. Rodon and Bryant. That's what okay. I put. And Bryant, the chalk. The chalk was kind of easy in yeah, the NL. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I was trying to go with the pitcher there. But if I'd gone with the hitter, I don't think you can even really make too much of a case for anybody but Bryant. Um, unless you're trying to get too maybe a little bit crazier with it. Because uh, if he comes up as quickly as people think, that power – I think because even if he doesn't hit for a good average, which I, I'm not sold that he will, I think he might be more of, uh, you know, 230s when he's coming up. But if he's 230s and hits 24 homers and, and the Cubs do anything, they have a pulse, I think he'll win the rookie of the year. So I, I don't think it'll be hard to see Bryant come up and make a make an impact. Um, all right, that's it. That's uh, those those we gave out our awards. We gave out our World Series. Uh, you have the White Sox winning. I have the Padres winning. We're a little bit off the the map. They're both a couple of picks uh, who made who had big off seasons, so they're a little bit trendy. But you, you know it, that, that's just the way it is right now. The league is really tight, and so you you look at the teams that went out and made improvements because we don't know all the teams that are gonna have guys just grow within their club. So uh, we're gonna be a thousand percent wrong, but it will be fun to to at least check them at the end of the year. You know, it will be. I mean, I like kind of like the uh, the NCA brackets. I looked today. Uh, I I I'm not going to win my bracket, but I picked the most correct games. That's awesome. So even the winner is going to pick fewer correct games than me. So I picked the most correct games, even though Kentucky choked last night. And uh, I, I am not going to win the bracket. And uh, there's, it's a very depressed household here. The Colette household is uh, my, my my son woke up. I'd heard the news and uh, cried. I'm oh, my told. gosh. Uh, yeah, that's, tough. <laughs> that's what my mom said, told me today. I was like, oh, wow. OK. And uh, yeah. Sarah wasn't feeling good and fell asleep late last night and, and missed the ending. And I said, when she woke up, it's a good thing you missed the uh, ending. Yeah, uh, uh, so. it's rough. Um, my brother-in-law had the final four correct, which, you know, with three number ones, you're not going crazy with the credit. But I, I give him credit because he had Michigan State in there. That, that's a pretty good one. So uh, anytime you get the final four right, even if it's chalk, I, I still think it's impressive because it's tough to want to pick chalk even uh, when that year it was the four number ones. But I didn't even do a bracket this year, so I, I, I didn't have to get disappointed at all. It, it worked out better for me that way. Uh, all right, Jason, we're going to be back in a week, and we're going to be talking a lot about games, and it's going to be freaking great. We're going to have numbers to pour over and overreact to. We'll get you caught up on guys you might start taking a look at in your waiver wire. You know, back in the day, Jason – I, I would barely touch the wire in the first couple of weeks, but the way the game has changed, you got to be more aggressive early on. You, you really, you, you really have to be ready to kind of find that JD Martinez, or you're going to miss out because guys just don't play the way they used to. You know, you back in the day, you could draft your team, and since so many guys would be playing, you know, almost kind of guaranteed to be like 145 plus games if you drafted starters, you could kind of wait it out. But now, the way everything's so tight. If somebody's underperforming, the way injuries are these days, playing time is so key. So if you see somebody hitting the ground running, we're going to talk about them. Doesn't mean you go out and pick up everyone, but we'll have you guys covered in a week. Until then, Jason, enjoy opening day and enjoy the first full week of baseball. Yeah, we're going to find you the next Tuffy Rhodes or help you avoid the next Tuffy Rhodes. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll find you him and get you the three homers, and then we'll tell you to back off. Take care, Jay. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks. Thanks.